Bob. He's a four-time tire rotation champion. When he was a baby, his first words were automatic transmission fluid. Bob's so cool, he has engine coolant running through his veins. And then there's Kyle, also known as premium unleaded. Legend has it that Kyle can change your oil with his toes and that he can tell your tire's air pressure just by how you're walking. He's Bob, he's Kyle, and every Saturday morning they morph together to form the greatest superhero known to man, Mr. Mechanic. Check engine lights don't stand a chance. This is the Mr. Mechanic Show on 1110 KFAB. Good Saturday morning to you. This is the Mr. Mechanic Show. 558-1110 is the numbers to get in. Let's give us a call. Talk about your project car, that thing that's broken in the driveway. If you want to finally get fixed, I mean, tomorrow is your uh, day to do it. It's yeah. a day of rest, isn't it? But Lose a little bit of weight while you're at it, too. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's Father's Day tomorrow, but, you know, uh, maybe somebody get you some parts for Father's Day and you can go fix your car. Well, I'll keep my fingers crossed. <laughs> we are Buchanan Service Centers, 50th and Dodge, 80th and Dodge, and Guaranteed Brakes. 49th Avenue in Dodge. We do brakes right the first time. So, well, at least you can get the parts today and go fix it tomorrow morning yeah. before it's cool. Get up about 3.30, 4 o'clock. Yeah, yeah. You know, get just your well, brake job yeah. done before the Which sun it, comes up. You know, there's a lot of carb repair you can do that doesn't make noise. And, uh, yeah. you know, our rule was always 8 o'clock in the neighborhood. You can't start banging on stuff until 8 o'clock in the morning. Oh, or maybe no, that was no. the rule I set down. I don't know what it was because I was going to yeah. start banging on something. That, that early in the morning. But but there's a lot of stuff you can do. It's quiet. Get yeah. prepared. Get all your tools out. Tune-ups. Tune-ups, you know. yeah. Before you get, yeah. I mean, the brakes are never a brakes, ball joints, No, you're shocks. using a hammer. Yeah, you're using a hammer. Lucky enough to have pneumatic tools at the house. Those are going to work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of course, you know, everybody's got the air conditioning on. Windows are closed, so you're not going to hurt. Just sounds, yeah. like a, just sounds like a woodpecker. Yeah. Yeah, just blame it on that. Yeah, some people... Complain about the noise I make. Hey, you need better windows. I'll put you in touch with the guy. <laughs> there you go. You need better windows. That's that's there. There's the excuse right there. I'll remember yeah. that. I'll no tell guy. you what. <laughs> well, here's an article I uh, picked up for today. It's um, we all know that Ford is the number one seller of F-150s. Okay. So they lead. They're in the lead this year up to what? Is it middle of June? Hmm. They lead uh, the industry so far with 38 recalls. Just thought that would be interesting. Well, over 7 million vehicles, 38 recalls. They're in first place, too. I, I didn't really see who was in second. It just right. this was a first place deal. And, and, and to follow that up a little bit, Carfax has a stat out there. There's over 50 million recalls that have yet to be done. I can believe that. Yeah. I mean, a recall. And there's one on my truck that I've been putting off. They keep sending the letters. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the airbag that we all know about, that's the biggest one. And there's a lot of things that have recalls on it. And, you know, some are minor, some are big, some are... Some are a five-minute, you go in there, they plug in, they update software, and you're done and out of there. Yeah. Yeah. Why wouldn't you want your car? And I realize there's a lot of times your car seems like it's performing great, but they're not really going to throw a recall out there unless there's a problem. Mm -hmm. So uh, I think Ford's latest one that I was reading is that they're... Oh, Transit's escapes um, several different model lines that have problems with the transmission shifter linkage, and it can pop out of gear and start rolling. They've been batting a thousand on transmissions. 
Yeah. Well, this is just a linkage, but you're right. It's yeah. it's a, that's a big deal. If it starts, you put it in park and it don't stay there, and you get out, which Got a problem. I've had that happen to me before. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I think any every mechanics you put it into gear and it don't go there. I put it into gear and it was actually in reverse when I started it up. It started going out the back of the of the shop. I dove in, got the ignition key. Yeah. <laughs> Luckily, it was low idle, and uh, I didn't have to worry too much about it. <laughs> I saved it before it hit the pumps. Steve, uh, Steve didn't know about that. Well, he does now. <laughs> All right, we're going to head over to Mike. Mike's got a wheel bearing question. Go ahead, Mike. Well, it's not really wheel bearing. It's engine bearings. Okay. Okay. You know, you know they say that uh, if you drive a certain speed, say 55 miles an hour, uh, it's going to wear a ring. And then if you try and drive faster, it'll break the rings. Uh, my question is, if all your bearings are intolerance, how can that piston go higher and break that ring? It can't. Yeah, I've never, you know, you're, never heard this concept before. This is new to me. Um, yeah, so, yeah, you got bearings, you got rings in an engine, and they're made to work. Drive any speed you want. Yeah, they're only going to work in certain tolerances, and they're only going to go up a certain amount, and they're only going to go down a certain amount. If you've got a bearing, well, that's, you got a bearing that's worn out, then it can go up a little bit farther and a little bit down a little bit farther, but it's not going to be a lot unless the bearing's gone. You're going to hear a noise. You're yeah. Hearing, yeah. Well, that's what I always thought, but what I, that's just what I heard. Maybe it's an old wives' tale, but that is exactly what it is. Yeah. Well, he says all your tolerances. You only got a few thousands on each one of them. And yeah. If, if if they're all the same, <laughs> my that was my that was my dilemma trying to figure that one out. No, and, and and that it is. You're right. And some cars have more. Like let's just throw out a Ford. Um, a Ford. Uh, I can't think of what they are. The escorts way back then i mean they didn't have much horsepower to them okay Okay, so when the timing belt broke there was a freewheeling engine and they didn't have a problem with any issues because there wasn't thousands there was you know much more clearance yeah well now they wanted more power out of it so they just brought the stroke up and the cylinder head down so if that timing belt went bad it bent all the valves because there's just you know thousands of of an inch left and that's all there is got to run like a clock it's got to run like a clock but there's a lot of cars out here that has interference engines and that's because they're trying to squeeze every horsepower out of it they can so you're right and and they don't have problems so no it's once you put it back into into stock exactly how it was manufactured at at the factory and designed no it's gonna it's gonna be that okay you got a wife's tail going yeah Paranormal mechanic sale. <laughs> okay, well, that's all my questions. I won't worry about it no more. There you no. go. No. All right, all right. Mike. Appreciate the call, that. Mike. Yeah, you know, running at, running down the highway at highway speeds is just much better on your engine because it's constant. Everything oh, gets yeah, you lubricated. got high oil pressure going. Yep. Everything's everything, soaked in oil. Everything gets lubricated way better. <laughs> um, that's what really has the hardest time is when the first start in the morning. That's why you kind of used to let them warm up just a little bit yeah. and uh, get some of that fluid working. And, you know, even the, the block heaters and things like that, it's, we don't have that much problem. Now the cars have gotten better in fuel injection. Everything starts. Yeah. Carbureted days wasn't the case. No, no. And, and the tolerances inside of the, the engines on the carburetor days were huge. Yeah. 
huge compared to what they are now. They are super low tolerances, and that's why we have the the oils that we have is oh, for low pressure oil systems. I mean, mm-hmm. you were lucky to get three pounds of oil pressure, and I mean, yeah, you, a valve cover. I mean, you never saw them leaking because oil didn't really get that far up. Yeah, you know, and every once in a while we'll be doing an oil pressure uh, test on a vehicle, and we're looking to see what specs are so we know what it is. And you look up specs. You don't. That's just not a, a number that you normally see. And you look it up, and it's got like five pounds. Seven yeah, pounds. It's surprising. 18 pounds on some V8s. And it's like, oh, my gosh. You, you just figure that number would be 40. It's kind of weird because we'll look at a mechanical gauge and then look at the dash, and you know, the dash will be reading straight up and say 40, but your mechanical gauge is only 25. And yeah. yeah. I think I, they're just putting that there to give you a little comfort. Well, you know, <laughs> I think so. <laughs> Most of the time, the only one that's really accurate when it comes out of the factory is a gas gauge. Yeah. Everything else is somewhat of an approximate. Yeah. You know, and and especially. Let's make this sound good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we can't make it too, you know, it's either good or bad. And that's really all we need. Yeah. We, we, we need more green on the on the dash. It's it, The needle's in a green, we're good. We, yeah, and just we need, like yeah. green and yeah, red. Yeah, we need green and red, and we need a yellow. We You know, that's yeah. all we really need, yellow, and we need to get it somewhere. Green's fine. I mean, it's just, I don't know. Yeah. You know, here's something else I noticed, too. Uh, the article I read, Cadillac's going to get into building cars, low, low production cars. They're, they're thinking about this, or this may be even a done deal, too. They're going to build, like, high, bo- or excuse me, uh, about 200 vehicles a year and be hand-built cars. Okay. Kind of like a, uh, you know, Rolls-Royce. Rolls Royce. Bentley. Yep, yep, that kind of thing. So. Mm. They may be venturing out into that particular supercar market. Yeah, I, it seems like everybody else has. Yeah, I I don't know. There's so many of them now, and so many of the supers. And I even read a little bit of an article that Ferrari's trying to. I think they they don't really want to go electric. They, well, they, they already have. You know, they have a lot Ferrari. But yeah, but they don't want to go full platform. Yes. Okay. Yeah, because that of, I understand. Yeah, because a lot of that. That Ferrari note that you hear that that's that, what sells the car. That's what sells the car, and and I think I mean and, if it's sounding like a Chevy truck, nobody'd want that thing. No, it looks cool, but yeah, it's the note. It's the note. In fact, I think that note's even patented. I'm oh, almost I, certain of it. I would bet. So yeah, it's uh, yeah. Everybody's got to have an electric car, but you don't want to go all the way. I mean, it's, no. Quiet's not what that car is about. No. It's fast no. and and noisy. Noisy is half of why you buy it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. 558 is the number to get in. Uh, we'll be back in just a minute. Having questions about the Mr. Mechanic Show? Just ask Siri. Hey, Siri, who is the real Mr. Mechanic? He's a god among men, a true mechanical genius, a wrench in a box full of nuts. Right. But, like, who is he? Like, what's his name? He's a car whisperer, a true auto part Einstein, an automobile Casanova. Yeah, I get all that. Like, he's great with cars. Got it. But what's his real name? Oh, it's Steve. Oh, makes sense. Have car questions? Then just ask Siri the mechanic. Or better yet, call in to the Mr. Mechanic Show. They kind of know what they're doing. In the car, listen to News Radio 1110 KFAB. At home, ask your smart speaker to play KFAB on iHeartRadio. All right, we are 
back on Mr. Mechanic. We are back on the Mr. Mechanic Show. 558-1110 is the numbers to get in. We're going to head straight over to the calls. Full bank. Aaron, 04-F250 had a follow-up. Aaron. Yes, sir. How are we doing this morning? Great. Good. Hey, I called a couple weeks ago. Um, had an air conditioner problem. It's like right at the tail end of the show. Um, told me I need to replace the compressor. Did all my due diligence and got the compressor replaced, the accumulator, and the orifice tube, and did all that. Um, I got <clears throat> I got one of those cans of Freon with the gauge on it, um, and the the service manual called for 29 ounces of uh, R134 Alpha. I put that in. Um, I didn't get quite 29 ounces in there. My question is, is uh, I guess it, it doesn't seem like it's cooling like it used to. Like sometimes it'll get real nice and cool, uh, but like when I first kick it on, it just it doesn't really blow cold air, you know, for a good 10, 15 minutes or so. Um, is it possible that I didn't get enough free on it? I've, I've hooked it back up and it took as much as it'll take. Uh, is there anything else I need to do to make sure I've got enough free on in there, or is there something that I've missed? I think it's still low. Yeah, I think it's still low, and yes, there's a lot you missed. So uh, did you evacuate the system down? I didn't use, like, a robin air or anything like that. So it's important to get these systems into a vacuum because you want to pull any – because you let air, fresh air, into the system when you had the lines off. Well, now you got to get it all out. So now you have seven. Now you have seventy-five percent of uh, one thirty-four refrigerant in there, and you have twenty-five percent of air, of rough numbers. Okay. So, uh, and, and we get this a lot. Some people want to do their own repairs, which is great. They they'll come down and say, "Hey, can you evacuate this system for me?" And we do. We we tell them how much it is, and uh, we'll we'll keep the refrigerant because I can't get it out of the machine. They'll do the repairs and come back. We'll evacuate it down and charge it back up. But, yes, you've got to draw it down to 30 inches of vacuum, get everything out. So when you put the proper amount back in, all that's in your system is free on. Yeah, and air conditioning works okay. only the best if it's 100% full. If you've got 80% full or even 75, you're going to have what you're talking about. So, Okay. And, and doing the cans is great to top off, but you've got to kind of it's – a, it's a feeling, and it's a mm-hmm. feeling that you've got to be careful with because you can easily overcharge this system put too much in and you go from warm to cool for about five minutes then back to warm because you got too much in so yeah go, go pay somebody to to pull it all out figure out how much they pulled out evacuate it down recharge it i think your problem you, you'll be much better okay all righty well thank you you bet air conditioning uh, season yeah, yeah. It, it'd be nice if it worked that way. And back in the old days when you had R12, um, you still oh, you had just to shoot free on it yeah, left and right, have you, somebody in there. Yep, it's cold. And it, shut it off. Yeah, and, and it, you still had to evacuate it down, but it was more of a feel. Yeah. And and it was a very fine line between uh, empty, full, and overfull. Yeah. And you really had to know what you're doing. And uh, I've overfilled a few of them. It's like, oh, darn. Everybody's overfilled a yeah, few of them. Yeah, so it, it's, a, it's an art. It's a little bit of an art. All right, we're going to head over to John. John's got an 05 Trailblazer. John, what's going on? So, if it's a hint at all, last night, uh, running the AC, there you go with the season. Um, I rarely use it, though. I get back in the car after grocery store trip, and when I kicked it over to the high setting, nothing, the fan wasn't working. Okay. Turned it off. Come miss my home anyway, right? This morning, get in. Everything is turned off. 
all of a sudden you get that nice electrical fire smell, smoke mm. coming out of my dash, and that the fan is on blast, but nothing's turned on. Pull over, pull the fuse, and I mean, even when the car was off and opened the door, lights turned off, the fan was still blowing. Right. So I just wonder how, how big a trouble am I in? Did, you know, I mean, there's no way I'm touching this. You know what I'm saying? Well, there's. I, I just wonder. There's good news here, and the good yeah. news is you had electrical smell. Yeah. Which means when yeah. you go do your investigation, you'll see what's melted, and that's your cause. So, Odds are right. it's the blower motor control module. Yeah. So it's like a resistor for the blower motor. Yeah. But if that blower motor is drawing too many amps, it'll burn that up also. So it's good yep. to take those out, turn yep. them by hand. Kyle's exactly correct that the, the blower motor is drawing too many amps. It burns up all that plastic stuff to save weight, and uh, you get the electrical smell. So... Uh, Bare minimum, you're probably going to put a blower motor in a resistor and probably a pigtail. The nice thing is, is that if you buy a resistor, a lot of times they come with a pigtail because they already know this is going to happen. Yeah. So it's not too okay. difficult of a repair. It's just underneath the dash on the passenger side. Uh, okay. You know, if you got, you know, I'd say moderate skills to, to get yeah. it in and out, it's an easy repair. Sure, sure. Okay. Cool. Like I said, I was mad at scary. I was like, dang, somebody really smells like, oh, wait, that's me. Yep. Yep. Um, yep. So, <laughs> all right. Cool. Well, uh, say those words again, though. The, the blower motor. Blow, blower motor. Blower motor resistor. And buy the buy the resistor with the pigtail assembly in the box. Yeah, it'll be a wire harness with the connector that plugs yeah. right into it. You're going to need it. Okay. That'll work. Thank you, sir. You yeah. got it. Thanks for calling. All right. We're going to head over to Tom. Tom's got a 2000 Jeep Wrangler. Tom, what's going on today? Hey, guys. Uh, basically, I'm a weekend warrior mechanic at best. I've got a 2000 Jeep Wrangler. It's got the it's an automatic. Uh, it's got the 4.0 liter. Um, I've got transmission fluid leaking between the transfer case and the transmission. And, you know, I, I YouTubed it. I dropped the transfer case. I replaced both the seals. I think there was two seals in there, mm -hmm. little round kind of metal seals. And it seemed like it held for about a month or so. And now it's leaking uh, through that little weep hole, I believe. But it's leaking pretty bad now. And wondering if you guys could help steer me in the right direction. Well, we're going to take it back apart. Yeah. And you're going to have to inspect those seals. Yeah. Did they get in there straight? Was maybe one side off kilter? And then also look at the shaft that that seal goes into to see if that old seal didn't wear a ridge in it. Yep. That would be my visual inspection advice. And then the second uh, to add to that would be you've got vents on both the transmission and the transfer case that come off of there. Make sure your vents are free. Um, so... Everything, as all that fluid inside the transfer case and the engine is cold, it's not a big deal. As it starts to get hot, it expands, and there's it's got to have air that flows in and out of there. And if it doesn't, um, it's going to make air. It's going to make air. It's going to yeah. pressurize, and it's going to come out of a seal. And whether that seal is a transpan, it's going to come out the easiest spot. That's just the way that works. So make sure you, you follow the tube coming off the top of the transmission over to make sure that the, that line's not plugged. You know, blow through the line. Uh, it's usually just a rubber line that goes high. And it's going to go high in a Jeep and four-wheel drive so that if you're forging through water, you don't have water going in the tube and down into the transmission. And check that. And on the transfer case, my guess is that you probably got you got to plug in one of those if you don't have a seal problem. 
Okay. Okay. That sounds good. No, I know what you're talking about. Uh, real quick, if I was to take it to a mechanic, maybe something like your guys' place, what do you think I'd be looking at if uh, I decide, hey, I don't know if I want to tackle this again? Uh, what kind of price range would I be looking at, you think, for a repair? Oh, you know, I guess it kind of depends on what you got to do. If I had to throw a number out, you might be uh, 500 to 750 somewhere in that range. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Not, those aren't terribly hard to get apart. No, no. Some of that is going to have your time spent doing, figuring out exactly what you've got going before you actually do the repair. So that'd be just a number off the top of my head. Okay. Last question then on those seals. Do you think I'm okay with getting, you know, the seals from, you know, AutoZone, the Duralast, or do you think I need to, if I do it again, do I need to try and get the, you know, better seals? Generally, in anything I got, I use national seals. Yeah. I haven't had much of an issue with those. No. National or if you don't want to pull, uh, you know, there are some, the repair that we do that we just go back to the factory seal no matter what. Sure. And that's probably what I would do uh, if you didn't use the national seals. Okay. That sounds great. I appreciate it, guys. Thank you. All right. Yeah. Appreciate the call. Yeah, that can be kind of crazy. And you just don't think about the... You don't think about the the, the vents being plugged no, at all. No, because how would that happen? No, how would that happen? Well, it happens a, uh, pretty, happens a lot. Happens differentials. A lot. Yeah, differentials. Yes, every exactly. gearbox or anything that has something turning has a vent. Yeah, and sometimes those seals are just kind of tough to put in. You know, and then, you know, another thing with seals, put some put some lubrication around that seal before you slide it in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some Vaseline or something like that. Just give it as much opportunity to not go in dry and, and cause a rip, you know, and, and yeah. that's happened. It's, it's happened to us. So, all right, 558-1110 is the number to get in. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back in a bit. Take News Radio 1110 KFAB with you wherever you go with our free iHeartRadio app. From live radio to KFAB's podcasts, it's all right there on your phone. All right. We are back on the Mr. Mechanic Show. 558-1110 is the numbers to get in for Buchanan Service Centers. Uh, 80th and Dodge, 50th and Dodge, and guaranteed brakes. 49th Avenue and Dodge. We do brakes right the first time. We're going to go straight over to Mike's. Got a 17 Ford Focus. Thanks for hanging on, Mike. What's going on today? Hey, you guys. Thanks for taking my call. Love the show. Uh, are you guys familiar with that dual clutch system they put in those Ford Focuses by chance? Yeah. Well, they're a nightmare. Uh, yeah. Mine is out of warranty. <laughs> Mine's out of warranty, and uh, uh, the uh, I think the transmission is shot. Made a horrible funk, clunky sound and smelled like smoke. Had it towed to the dealership. Uh, they work on it this week. But uh, is, do I have any legal recourse with these things? I know they had a, a class action lawsuit for the 2012 through the 16, but mine is one year out of out of that range. Mm-hmm. You know. I... Probably not because of where they laid it at, but I, I did some research on this a long time ago, and yeah, they, they those ones that had the class action lawsuit, they they built that car, put it out for sale, and, and they knew they had a problem with transmission. I mean, they just knew it and figured we're just going to fix it on the fly when, when it comes out. We can't not put it out because we said we were coming out with it. But that's, just, yep. that's just not right. But I don't know. I mean, the worst case scenario is you can try and, and kind of see if you can get something off of it, you know, whether it's... How many miles does the car have? 
ninety thousand. Warranty expired at seventy five. Yeah, I don't think you're going <clears> to. <throat> excuse me, I, I don't think Sorry, you're going to get anything to 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 satisfy you at all. But it doesn't hurt to ask. And yeah. if you get twenty five percent, you get fifty percent. I doubt that you'll get a hundred percent at all. But uh, something's yeah. better than nothing, and nothing's what you're expecting. <laughs> yep. Well, glass is always half full. At least yep. the air conditioner works. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Thanks, fellas. You guys have a good weekend. Yeah, you do the same. Thanks for the call. Yeah, that that was a bad deal all the way around. We'll just move on to the next one. Yeah. <laughs> Ford's have not had luck with transmission. Uh, yeah, not with that one. And it and, and there's other manufacturers that have done the dual clutch, and uh, it just hasn't. I mean, everything is made more or less for the shifting ability and, and some sort of gas mileage in the middle of it, you know, yeah. to try to increase your gas mileage. And the, the last car that I bought had an option to run just normal transmission or, or buy the dual clutch. Mm-hmm. And I completely stayed away from the dual clutch because I just knew it was going to happen. And uh, I predicted it's not a Ford, but it, it, other manufacturers happen. And, and I've read up on it and it's had a problem too. So, all right, we're going to head over to Cliff, 97 Dodge Ram pickup. Cliff, what's going on? Well, uh, it's it's kind of intermittent. Um, I'd be driving all of a sudden; it would just shut off. There is, uh, and then it would crank over really good, but it wouldn't start. You'd wait ten minutes, fifteen minutes, and then you take right off. Um, it was kind of an ongoing thing for about a week, and now it did it a little more. Um, I put a new coil in it. Um, I heard. You know, it could be a crank sensor, it could be your ignition switch, automatic shut off. Um, is, is, am I missing something, or is there? I'm gonna bet it's a crank sensor. I need to look at. Yeah, did, did you put crank a crank? Sensor? Did you put a crank sensor in it? No, not yet. Okay. I have it. I just bought it. Okay, got gotcha. you. More of those than anything. Right. Right. Kyle's spot on there. The the, the thing that you're gonna want to do though, does it stay dead for very long? Uh, no, but like this morning. You said you got about 10 minutes. You say about 10 it, minutes. It, it, it wouldn't start this morning, so. Right. Well, just check spark. 10, 15 minutes. Yeah, just check spark. If you don't got any spark, crank sensors out. Yeah. Yeah. Then that, and that's what, okay. that's what Kyle's trying to go head towards is that if you've got 10 minutes of diagnostic time. So that's a big window. That's a big window. Carry the tools in the truck. And then when it dies again, get out and uh, get a screwdriver in the end of that spark plug. And uh, let's crank it over. See if you've got spark. You're going to, you're going to, yeah, be- I put a, I put a, uh, uh, I know I, I was, I wasn't getting any spark out of the coil. Okay. Because yeah. I, I put on one of those testers. So, yeah, you got a crank sensor, bad. You got, yeah, exactly. Awesome. Guys, thanks a lot. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah, hey, boy, you know, the, the, when they're broke, it's the easiest to fix. Yeah, when you got to figure out an intermittent. And- yeah, when they, yeah, intermittents or when they die and then start right back up or take weeks for, yeah. I think the last one we had was it, uh, it would die. I think we kept that car for a week and a half, and I think it died three times. But luckily, on the third time, it died and wouldn't wouldn't start back up for about 15 minutes. Perfect. And, and we were able to kind of figure out what was going on. But every other time, it would shut off and start right back yeah. up. Those are so. It's time to figure it out when it's not working. Yeah. And it's, you know, when, when that happens at the stations, you know, it's just, it's all hands on deck. Yeah. Let's get on there. We got to go to that one. Got to go to that one. Everybody's there crowding around it, trying to fix out what it is because you know the, 
the clock's ticking yeah. and uh, it's going to start back up in a minute. So, and unfortunately that's just not what reality is most of the time. And sometimes you leave, you know, most of the repairs we have, I would say 95% of them are in and out in a day. Yeah. Pretty and cut and dried. Yeah, pretty cut and dried. Unless and it's like an engine transmission, something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's something huge. But those intermittents sometimes, you know, we've had it for a week, week and a half, too. Yeah. And it's the only thing you I know it's hard to keep your car away from that long, but sometimes it's the only thing you can do versus getting stuck. Guessing. Yeah, I mean, you don't yeah, want to do that. Yeah. Well, you don't want to get stuck at the bar when you should have been at Menards. Well, <laughs> have to call. That's Sorry. your opinion. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to take a quick break on the Mr. Mechanic Show. 558 1110 is the numbers to get in. We'll be back in a minute. All right, we are back on the Mr. Mechanic Show. 558 1110 is the number to get in. we got an open line for you, so give us a call. Let's see if we can help with your problem before the end of the show. All right, Kyle, I've got a couple of other uh, things I noticed today. Here is uh, this guy got in trouble. Not in big trouble, but he got a little bit in trouble. Lay it on me. He was, uh, he was. this was a guy that had a gas vehicle. He, God, those guys. I know those guys. Well, anyway, there was a guy uh, charging his Tesla, okay. taking a nap in his Tesla. So he snuck up and unplugged the, the, the car so it wouldn't charge anymore. Of course, you know, Tesla has that sensory mode. That all of a sudden, when somebody gets close to it, the cameras pop on. Huh. So we got a perfect video of him unplugging it and walking away. <laughs> so just beware if you're one of those guys who want to go unplug the car. Uh, oh, I got you good. Yeah, I got, <laughs> I got you Joke's good. Joke's on you. Yes, yes, absolutely. You, you, you just, you know, technology, what are you going to do? And then here's a very interesting one that, that I just had. I just couldn't, could not do this one today. So... Okay. There is a uh, insurance company has to pay out five point two million dollars in damages after someone had got an STD, as we all know what that is, in the back seat of a car of the other person's car. <laughs> well, <laughs> so you, I mean, you take a risk when you're in your car doing whatever you're going to do, and uh, but. The insurance company got had to pay out on that because she got wronged. Well, I I think that's the first of its kind. I think it's probably going to well, set a Well, I've precedence. never heard of it. No, no, that's probably going to open up a lawsuit for a lot of other people, don't you think? Yeah, that's that's probably not most certainly not the first time that's happened. It's just the first time that somebody was. Well, now I got this anxiety because I know I got about eight or ten cars to work on this afternoon. And... Oh well, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, where's the mechanic and all that? I mean, yeah, we don't, we're, I... we're the victim here. <laughs> Order some gloves, I guess, before you get back. I need a hazmat suit. I think I got one. And some cars you do. That's just part of part yeah. of what goes. We've all seen that. Yeah, I mean, we got some people that uh, you know. Clean up those cars really, really good before they bring in. You don't even need to wash them or vacuum them when we're done because that's what we do on every repair. We wash and vacuum on every repair we get done. That's that way you get a clean car back. And Yeah, now that we did that story, now I got this anxiety <laughs> just looming over my head. Oh, well, that's not the only anxiety you have. You'll be all right. Yeah, I'll just pile it in with the rest. <laughs> Here was a guy. Yeah. <laughs> in the cart we go. Here was a guy that needed to move. Um, he rented a U-Haul. And they must have been out of trailers because, okay. and I don't know how he did it. I just showed a picture of. You get his of, truck in the back of that 
U-Haul. He, he got yes, he got his SUV jammed in the back of this U-Haul, so that he could make it across country or wherever he was going. And and uh, he finally got it was held on by one strap, you know. Around well, sure, the, better safe than sorry. <laughs> he finally got pulled over by the highway patrol, and said, "You you can't do that." Sure, I can. Which, I'm doing it right now. I'm doing. <laughs> doing it right now he's probably been doing it for the last thousand miles well that, i don't even know how he got it in there I, it's I, i've got a couple ideas <laughs> he had to, had to drive it in there fast i yeah, mean back uh, and forth to the hardware store till you find the correct piece of lumber that'll support the vehicle yeah i suppose started a two by four and work your way up he got it in there and uh well, half and three quarters of it was covered so yeah. it must not have run if it didn't run why would you taking it yeah and uh, it just seems like an expensive way to move your car that don't run halfway across country. Hey, but he didn't take any furniture because uh, you got a car. Well, I suppose he could have piled something in the car and then stuck it in there. Yeah, but the, put it on the roof of the U-Haul. I mean, <laughs> gone this far. It was a very unique picture. I'll tell you what. But uh, I love it. Yeah, that's why there's rules, and a lot of times you they, they ask you a lot of questions at U-Haul for a certain reason. You know, these are the things that you see cross-country driving. You do. You, you know, maybe it's just, you know, because, I mean, you've had a lot of crazy experiences. I mean, every day is an experience for us. Nothing normal ever happens. And it seems like every time I'm driving on the highway, I'm like, wow, would you look at that? Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. I've seen, <laughs> yeah, I've seen a lot of things when you're driving down the highways. I, I guess I thought that was a pretty good idea. I mean, we see trucks pull into the gas pumps just full of scrap in this upside-down pyramid-looking thing. Hold on by one strap. Mm-hmm. You know, you know it, those are the people that built the pyramids. <laughs> yeah, because nothing's coming down. <laughs> Absolutely nothing's coming down. That's for sure. Well, I, they, they've set a record here also. Uh, Mercedes-Benz sold a Gullwing uh, 300SLR. They come along with with something else, but this is a very very 1957 is yeah, uh, 142 million dollars. Well, it's a lot of money. It's a lot of money for a car. It, it it didn't it's just a lot of sell. money for anything. Yeah, it didn't sell for just. I mean, there was also something else that went along with it. But that's so far that that is going to be the highest one. The 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 one that it beat that out was a original Shelby Cobra in 2016 sold for 13 million dollars. So, I don't think this uh, Mercedes is going to be topped anytime soon. Well, maybe maybe with inflation, it kind of goes up too. But it's a pretty cool looking car. It is. It, Does it, it say it, the guy's name? I wonder if he'll take payments. Ah, uh, yeah. I, I don't know what to pay. I'd have to. I have to. Yeah, I'd have to add the interest rate in that over time, and yeah, I mean, you're not going to live long enough, Kyle, to pay that off. <laughs> yeah, it's all about experience. But you can get your kid's name on there, so they can yeah. continue the payments. Yeah, we'll just. Take this on for generations and generations. Yeah. That wasn't just any old Mercedes. That was one of those uh, very, very short production, very cars, short, very desirable, very, very limited market that it was offered. To. Yes, yes, and everybody loved that car. It's the holy grail of uh, of a Mercedes van is to have that particular car. I don't know. It seems like uh, I think the car market's kind of gone back up, and you know maybe. It's probably going to come back down too before long when everybody starts getting chips in and starts yeah. selling cars. Flooding again. the market again. It's going to, yeah, we're going to at some point get flooded the market and there's going to be so many cars out there for sale that we know what to do with them all. They're going to be dick, deep discounts to buy cars. That's yeah. what I'm predicting anyway. Well, I, I hope mean, so. it's supply and demand. When you have too many of them, we got what, 
how many millions and millions of cars sitting somewhere in fields that they've produced but can't really sell. I know a buddy that's got a situation like that. Oh. <laughs> old, old, old junkers? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Old field of them. Three well, fields. And that's okay. And eventually that goes away, but you have to you have to sit on your just sit on the cars a long time to be getting anything out of them. But you know that's got to be kind of a passion, and you got to have the the space to be able to do it. He's got the space, and he's filled every bit of it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, and then, then at the end, if he doesn't sell anything for scrap, it's going to scrap anyway. Yeah. It's, yeah. Well, it's going to put on somebody's car and make that revive that car and get it back going, or it's going to go to yeah, it's going to go to the scrap yard, and he's going to make his money. Yeah. One way or the other, it's just you have to sit on it for X amount of years, 40 years before it. Man, by that time, I suppose the money's gone. Yeah. You're still going to lose, but at least he had his passion for 40 years. I don't know. It's a collection. Yeah. All right, Kyle, that sounds like the end of another Mr. Mechanic show. So, a pretty quick hour. Pretty quick hour. Yeah. yeah. yeah made good, it. A lot of good calls. Fix, I, th- I think we fixed them all. I think so. Yeah. 558-1110 is the numbers to get in early next week so we can get your car problem solved or project started, One whatever works with you. So I'm Bob. Kyle. We will see you next week.